Welcome to Unchained, the radio program which addresses the challenges facing Christians today with short, pithy presentations, presenting a vigorous defense for Christianity's claim that the Holy Bible is God's inspired word. This series deconstructs the arguments of evolutionists, anti-theists, atheists, and other enemies of the Holy Bible. Here is your host, Pastor Rod Anderson. I'm Rod Anderson. With great pomposity and on occasions with a false humility, Neil deGrasse Tyson, atheist come astrophysicist, describes the universe, its origins, makeup and future with all the dogmatism that would cause a Wahhabi Muslim to blush. My favorite way to end this then is to just reflect on, uh, I want to do just a fast tirade on stupid design and this will be fast. Uh, Look at all the things that just want to kill us, okay? Uh, most planet orbits are unstable. Uh, star formation is completely inefficient. Most places in the universe will kill life instantly. Instantly. The people that say, oh, the forces of nature are just right for life. Excuse me. <laughs> just look at the volume of the universe where you can't live. You will die instantly. That is not, that's not... That's not what I call the Garden of Eden. It's very clear that Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has a history of showmanship, exaggeration and misrepresentation of the facts, uses astrophysics to push his case for a universe without God. However, the way Neil deGrasse Tyson bandies the noun science around, it actually distorts its true meaning. Science can be defined as the systematic study of the structure and behaviour of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Okay, one more time. Science is a systematic study of structure and behaviour of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Now, this demonstration or this definition here clearly demonstrates that the subjects of theology and science are two entirely different disciplines. Theology focuses itself on the primary cause, that being God, is the creator, the sustainer throughout the universe, while science interests itself is on the secondary laws and explains why water boils at the the temperature it does, just for an example, or how and when, where and why things happen, such as an eclipse or rainfall or the elliptical orbits of the planets and photosynthesis, etc. However, the problem with men like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Lawrence Krauss is they intentionally misrepresent science and they present it in an aggressive, unbalanced way in order to promote their atheistic views and have built an imaginary impasse between the Bible and true science. But none should confuse the primary cause of the universe being God. And I'm going to repeat this a number of times today because the primary cause being God and the secondary laws, the prime mover God has put in place. The primary cause being God is the one who sets the secondary laws in place and in motion. And it is these laws that science observes and tests, such as the gravitational laws of planetary motion, the laws which govern the replicating of the double helix, mathematical laws of description, etc. Now, those laws are not God any more than the architect of a building is one of the walls inside the building of a home, to quote C.S. Lewis. Now, when astrophysicists ask questions about what they have termed dark or black matter, Christians know that that is not God because God is is a corporeal 
personal being. And now whatever black matter is, it is simply more of God's creative handiwork. And if science advances far enough and it will be able to explain the laws and mathematical descriptions describing what eventually be observed in black matter, then it will be explained simply as that. That doesn't mean that Christians will jettison God because God is the primary cause. He is the creator of what the physical term black matter is. But God is not black matter itself. Now, my suspicion is this, that the real science is being accomplished by grand, and making grand progress, marvelous progress, by faithful men and women whose names most of us will never hear of, who quietly work for the love of science, not the love of the big stage, publicity, applause, or big book sales. Now, Francis Collins, a physicist who believes in God, describes a little of what real science is achieving today. Many parents will be interested in having this information on their children because it might be useful to know that your little one is at risk, for instance, for obesity. So you could watch for signs of that and not wait until it's already a significant problem and harder to reverse. But there are serious issues about privacy and whether it's appropriate for a child to be tested for things that they might later decide they didn't want to know. But I think the time is coming in not too distant future where part of the newborn screen, which is currently done for a limited number of diseases, will be to look at all of the DNA and make a solid prediction about what that child needs to watch out for. I suspect that those high-flying vocal exponents of Darwinian evolution and origins are actually in the minority. That is, they don't truly reflect the advances in the scientific thought within their own disciplines. But if scientists dare question Darwinism or publish an article that has got the phrase intelligent design, which is code for God, they lose their jobs, grants are denied, and the university tenure or their university tenure is at risk. And this has been been documented and brought to light in a very number of articles over recent years and in documentaries. For example, in 2008, a documentary called Expelled, narrated by Ben Stein, was released, and I will let you tell him what the findings were. There are many scientists we interviewed, many, who have been expelled from their jobs, who have had their websites shut down, who have been denied grants, been denied tenure because they wanted to question the limits, the boundaries of Darwinism and the gaps in Darwinism, and they've been expelled, shut down. That's not how societies progress. Societies progress by asking questions and having freedom of speech and freedom of inquiry. Now, you may say, this is not possible. Is it really true that there is so much prejudice against sciences, scientists, professors and lecturers who wish to believe in God, who wish to acknowledge him in their research and lectures? Well, I want you to listen to Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins talk talking about a lecturer who believes in God. Um, I was told by the professor of astronomy at Oxford of a colleague of his who's an astronomer, an astrophysicist, who writes learned papers, mathematical papers, published in astronomical journals, um, mathematical papers, assuming that the universe is 13.7 billion years old. But he privately believed the universe is only 6,000 years old. And now, how can a man like that hold down a job in a university as an astrophysicist, and yet we are told, well, it's his private beliefs. You mustn't interfere with this man's private beliefs as long as he writes competent papers in astronomical journals. That's as long fine. As he doesn't, well, I mean, the key thing is, does he teach his private beliefs? Okay, let, let's hypothetically suppose that he teaches absolutely correctly um, that the universe is 13.7 billion years old. How could you 
how could you want to take a class for a man who it's teaches one thing and believes something so many orders of magnitude different? It demonstrates, it, it, you're right. I mean, from my point of view, it would be an interesting question from a, from a university tenure point of view, because it demonstrates clearly intellectual deficiency. And, and yeah. in fact, a scholarly deficiency. This prejudice against those who believe in God is marked with bitter animosity. And it appears to me that evolutionary science or Darwinian, Darwinianism is an angry science. Often you will hear those that represent the public face of Darwinians uh, science charge Christians with believing in myths and being credulous because they believe what the Bible says. But just for a thought experiment, what would you think of a person who you met on the street or met on a train or you struck up a conversation with and they said that they were made of stardust, they believed in aliens and that any person who disagreed with them was mentally deficient? What would your opinion of them be? Watch this. I would love to know what you think. As I, I've often written that, that we're all stardust, that, that every atom in our body came from an exploding star and the atoms in your left hand may have come from a different atom, from a different star than the atoms in your right hand. Uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization e evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this, this planet. Um, now, th that is a possibility and an intriguing possibility. Mm. And I suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that if you look at the, um, at the detail, details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature of some sort of designer. Wait a second. Richard Dawkins thought intelligent design might be a legitimate pursuit? Um, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. Well, but okay. that higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable or ultimately explicable process. It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point. So Professor Dawkins was not against intelligent design, just certain types of designers, such as God. So the, the Hebrew God, the God of the Old Testament, he doesn't exist in your view? Um, certainly. I mean, that would be a, a very unpleasant pro prospect. And no, no. Uh, the trend, Holy Trinity of the no, New Testament? Nothing, that nothing like that. You've had this happen, but I've had, I've had people write me and say, I'm a medical doctor, and I don't believe in evolution. That's a disgrace. That, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say that, because, in, especially in this country, um, one's private beliefs are supposed to be irrelevant. But I would, I would walk out of a doctor's office and not consult him anymore if I heard that he said that. Because what that doctor is saying is that he's a scientific ignoramus and a fool. As I asked earlier, what would you think of a person that you met on a train or a bus or in a public place and they said they're made of stardust, believed in aliens, and that people who disagree with them are actually mentally deficient? Or to quote, and to quote Christopher Hitchens here, would you tend to move closer to that person or slide away from them? Over the years, atheists like Richard Dawkins have changed their positions, altered their hypothesis because of the changing weight of scientific evidence, which directly challenges the views that they once published. 
synthesized. For example, Richard Dawkins once spoke of a single-cell organism as being the first form of life in the Earth as espoused by Charles Darwin, perhaps by a lightning strike into, a, into mud. But listen to how Richard Dawkins' language has changed in light of new scientific discoveries. It's from an antecedent species, and, and even the evolutionary process, the process that Darwin discovered, didn't start from nothing. It had to start from, well, a, a, a reasonably complicated chemical beginning, which was the, the first self-replicating molecule. You, you can't, I mean, natural selection can't get going until you have genetics. And so you've got to have genetics. And that's not a trivial problem. Now, here, Richard Dawkins is actually saying that uh, things are quite more, a lot more complex than what he f first thought, and this is based on scientific evidence. And we say, hurrah, good, well done, let's continue to advance. But you see, with, when we bring up the notion of God, let's not even talk about it, let's not even discuss it. You see, these evolutionists confess that they don't know how the transition happened from non-life to life. But the gen genetic laws of biology spoken of here by Richard Dawkins is a quantum leap from his earlier views of a single-cell molecule as Darwin espoused. But still, the teaching or the admission of the existence of God must be resisted and Darwinism, the unchallengeable mantra, must be extolled. Even Francis Crick, the unabashed atheist, the discoverer of the double helix with James Watson, wrote these words in his book, Life Itself, Its Origins and Nature. This is from page 88. An honest man, armed with all all the knowledge available to us now could only state that in some sense the origin of life appears at the moment to be almost a miracle. So many are the conditions which would have had to be satisfied to get it going. Wow, that's quite a comment from an atheist. Uh, from a Darwinian. Now, as noted earlier, Francis Collins now is the American physician, geneticist and physicist, and he's noted for his discoveries of disease and genes and his leadership of the Human Genome Project. He is director of the National Institute of Health, which is a biomedical research facility primarily located in Bethesda, Maryland. He is a brilliant man in every sense of the word, but even in a presentation he gave for the evidence of God, he still pushes the Darwinism mantra, the Big Bang, in order to protect his standing among the scientific elite. It's important that you truly understand what the Bible says and what God's message for you is. And to that end, I want you to have a series of Bible reading guides called the Orchard Faith of Jesus series. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number two, info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au. Go to the tab mark, contact us and follow the prompts and we will mail the study guides out to you wherever you are in the world. World. Well, our time has run out again. But remember this, the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. <laughs> 